Welcome to Your Family Dog, a podcast dedicated to helping families love living with dogs. Welcome back to Your Family Dog. I'm Tina Spring, and I'm joined today with my co-host, Julie Fudge-Smith. We're all going to take a moment and be grateful. Poor Julie has an ear infection, so if she sounds a little wonky today, or at least more wonky than is typical, just give her a pass because she's not feeling super great. But I'm grateful that she made the time to come on the podcast anyway. I also want to take a moment and introduce our other guests. We have um, Thomas King and Nathan Coker. And Thomas, I'm going to hand it off to you to introduce yourself and then Nathan, and then I'll bring us up to date on what we're going to talk about today. Great. Thanks, Tina. Uh, so like Tina said, I am Thomas King. I am the director of Bath to Bath, which is uh, the rem- the uh, bathroom remodeling wing of the Cleary Company in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we're one of the largest design uh, build remodel firms in the area, uh, depending on the list, top 100 uh, in the country. Um, my particular wing specializes in bathroom remodels. And Nathan? Great, that's a great introduction. I am Nathan Coker uh, with Stanfield Air Systems out of Athens, Georgia. Um, if you can't tell by my accent, uh, but we've been in business uh, for over 50 years, been uh, been serving Athens area and pretty much all of Northeast Georgia. So what we thought we would do to, for today's podcast is to get contractors' perspectives on that odd situation where they're coming into your home and how the family dog and maybe even workman's comp enters into that. As a part of my work, Nathan and I have been friends a really long time. He's fantastic. Um, But we often find ourselves chatting about how to keep his workers safe, how to keep his customers' dogs safe when his crew is coming in and doing um, service in someone's home or even installing a new system. And so we talk a lot about ways that we can manage the family dog better to keep everybody safe and healthy um, and how businesses that are coming into your home can be impacted by those family dogs and three kids and maybe a bit of an overwhelmed parent. So um, that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, one of the things I want to add too is that the reason why we have the two contractors is because they come into your houses differently. Nathan comes in for a day, maybe two to install or to work on your furnace. Whereas Thomas in remodeling a bathroom or a kitchen or whatever is happening with, with Clary company in your house, uh, you're going to, he's going to be there for several days. So the impact uh, is very different, I think, between the two. So we kind of wanted to have you guys talk about, um, what it's like for you, for you and your guys. And, um, one of the things that I, and Tina had mentioned this when we were talking beforehand is, is think about what you wish owners knew from your perspective. So with that, the roundtables discussion begins. Well, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and start on that front. Um, so, you know, one thing that, that our guys, most of our guys are really big dog people. They, they really enjoy dogs. Um, but when we go into people's houses on say a service call, or if we're going to install a piece of equipment, um, a lot of times that initial reaction is, is fear from our guys. And, and I'm sure the, the dogs pick up on that. Um, because a lot of times the dog is, is kind of the, you're coming into his territory, you're coming into his zone and, uh, it's something different than every day. And, and a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of barking, there's a lot of reaction to that way. And so a lot of our guys are a little bit nervous to go in there. So 
one of the things that, that, you know, homeowners can kind of look at for is to get the dog acclimated to our guys being in there by either having him separated from us and having him in a secure area uh, so we can do a nice introduction. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, that doesn't happen. We, we open the door and, and there the dog is. He's, he's on us. And, and uh, whether he's on us in a friendly way or an aggressive way, um, it differs from case to case. But maybe have a, have a, a dog in the back and, and have a, a proper introdu- introduction um, or maybe not even an intro- introduction at all um, is, is kind of one of the things that our guys are looking at. Yeah, and uh, that's um, from, uh, from Nathan's perspective uh, coming in and having a very short period of time. That makes a lot of sense, I think. For, for us on the, uh, on the remodeling end, like Julie said, we're probably going to be there a minimum of a week to maybe even months. So uh, our company actually, just like Nathan's, our, all of our guys are really, really interested in dogs. They're familiar with them. Um, so, and we've seen it, we've seen this over and over. So it actually starts uh, uh, in the sales conversation. So even when we're developing projects, we start having the conversations with owners of, do you have a dog? And what are we going to do for the month-long process that that we're here? So we kind of start that conversation up front. And then we even uh, go through the, the plan. You know, is this a sort of dog that need, that's going to run? Do we need to make sure the door's always closed? Where are we going to sequester this dog off? You know, maybe it makes sense looking at our construction schedule. Come demo day, we know this is a very nervous dog. Let's just send this dog over to the groomer or to the kennel or somebody else's house because it's just going to be too much for the dog. So we kind of have those long-term conversations uh, just to get a sense for where this dog is going to be, how we're going to how we're going to to manage the dog together so that everybody's happy. Especially because we oftentimes have open construction sites. You know, there might be some plastic there that's covering it, but a dog getting into a partially remodeled bathroom is a really bad idea. (laughs) We talk a lot about containment and uh, we make, we make sure that we have a little bit of a relationship with the dog too. Like, like Nathan said, if we're going to do an introduction, do a proper introduction and, uh, and really, really get comfortable with the dog. But, but I mean, just like Nathan said, oftentimes we, we do the same thing. We just have a place that dog is going to be, be sequestered, you know, in the house. So. What I was thinking too is is I think it's grand that you are discussing this even in the beginning of the phase. That's just I think that's fabulous, and I think that's exactly the place you need to start, because I think sometimes the owner has to come to a realization about what their dog is actually like, not what they think their dog is like. And so I think when you start the discussion early like that, it sort of helps the owner to come into a a reality of what the dog is. And it could be that one of the things is if this dog really does not like strangers, if this dog is really nervous, if you're talking um, sort of a long-term project, maybe this is the time for Fido to go have an extended stay with grandma and grandpa. Uh, that might be the best solution of, of all that the dog uh, in, in my house, as I tell people, you know, my house, your dog, my dogs don't have to meet everyone who comes to my house. They don't have to meet the guys who are working on the furnace because they're not coming for Christmas dinner. On the other hand, the individual who helped me install my dishwasher, which was my son-in-law by the name of Thomas King, yes, he has to have a relationship with my dogs because he is coming for Christmas dinner. So I think you also have to think about what's the nature of, is your dog, does your dog really have to know these people? 
And I think that's a really good question to start with. And if somebody's going to be in your house for a month, the answer is probably yes. The dog has to know. Either that or the dog has to leave. I don't know. What do you think, Tina? Well, I think the stress surrounding what we're doing and why we're doing it and how much everybody is losing their marbles is important too. For example, if we're remodeling a bathroom to make it handicapped accessible because suddenly we're moving someone who's elderly into the home or someone had a car accident and they have an injury that now we need a completely different setup for for the house, well, then just the family stress is significantly different than me calling my contractor and saying, I'm finally gloriously getting that new master bath I want. Um, additionally, the, <laughs> okay, you, I'm laughing because the clumber is climbing all over Julie while we're on the call. So, um, so additionally, if there have been changes in the family, so let's say last year, um, when we added, when we had our HVAC checked out, um, we didn't have a newborn and now we do, well, that dog may be responding really differently, or maybe the dog has changed. Like perhaps the dog has lost a bit of hearing and is startled more easily than they were previously. So even if the dog has always been great with it, um, I think sometimes it's also important to understand that that may change for a whole host of reasons that we just don't necessarily take inventory of every day. Right. I think also, too, you have to, to decide, I, like, maybe your dog doesn't have any problem with um, with uh, with men, but has a real problem with women. And the plumber you're having come in is a woman. I mean, I think it makes a difference, too, who the person coming into your house is, how your dog is going to respond. But I wanted to ask you guys, you contractors, I think one thing that people don't understand is... Um, what work, what uh, dog bites cost you guys as far as like workman's comp or whatever. Can you talk a little bit about the seriousness of dog bites and, and, and what that means to you as contractors and to your, your employees? Yeah, absolutely. Um, luckily we've only really had one dog bite that has been an issue. Um, but really there's a lot more that it affects than just the financial cost of workers comp going up. Um, cause typically if we have a bad dog bite, that technician is most likely going to be out of, out of work for several days, if not weeks, uh, falling back there, depending on the severity of the bite. So if, if they're not in work, they're not producing revenue and they're not generating revenue for themselves because workers' compensation is not going to be anywhere near what they would be making right. week to week if they were doing their regular job. Um, so that's, that's one thing. Not only are we talking about the financial aspect of it, again, like I said, they're already a little nervous to be around the, the dog anyways. Um, the technician that we had that did suffer the, the dog bite, um, she became almost paralyzed around dogs after that. It was one of those things that it really just kind of kind of set off a fear within her. Um, so it almost became a, an issue because most customers do have dogs. And, and Julie, I think you kind of touched on this earlier. Most people don't have a full understanding about what their dog actually acts like when there's other people in the house. They, you know, they, their normal day-to-day activities, the dog's usually calm, not doing anything. But when something changes, say a technician comes in the house, they're not aware, even though we tell them on the front side that, hey, you know, it's, it's best to have your dog secure when we come over. Um, the general thought is, well, my dog's never, never acting up, so I don't need to secure it. 
So when the technician's already suffered a dog bite and, you know, the, the, the homeowner, the next house we go to has a dog that's out, um, it can be really, really, um, really tough for that technician to actually get their job done when they're constantly looking over their so- shoulder, afraid of, of, of the, the family pooch coming around the corner, you know? I think Nathan is, you know, he kind of hits the nail on the head with it. Um, and especially in a, in a long-term relationship, do you really want, you know, the person who's remodeling your house to walk in every day terrified because they got bit on the job a few days earlier? Just doesn't sound like a recipe, you know, for success as it were. And, um, you know, I would, I would say that it's always safe to assume that putting your dog in a different room, keeping them kind of out of the equation is going to be the safest way to go. Now, with our company, our guys really like dogs. They love to meet your dog. And so, and especially if you're gonna be there for months and months, it's probably a good idea because our guys will also take care of the dogs while they're there. You know, a dog might, might not have time to get out. The owner might be stuck somewhere and they'll call one of our project managers and say, hey, could you let Fido out? It's it's time for, you know, whatever. And and they'll do that. So we can build that relationship and set those expectations, but that's just it. Those those relationships and those expectations have to be set on the front end. It can't be a moving target. It can't be something you figure out as you go because it's not a recipe for success. Very good. Very good. Well, I was thinking that I was just, I have a, a contractors, you, you know them, Thomas, they've been working on my house and my cottage for, for 10 years. And they, they know my dogs inside and out. But it's also to one of the things is, is that it's just not helpful. You know, I mean, as much as they, they like my dogs, it's like, I also know too, it's not fair to them. I remember one time when they were working on my downstairs bathroom and they called me in to take a look at something and my dog Bingley walked in, looked around and laid himself down in the middle of the shower that they were working on. And we could, I mean, it was like a dead weight and what I probably, and we all laughed about it, but it took a half hour to get the dog out of there. And, you know, that just was a lo- another lost half hour. So even though there was nothing wrong with what happened, it would have been a lot better if I had just put Bingley outside before I went into the bathroom. And also, too, just, um, you know, expectations. They also knew, too, that if you picked up a ball and threw it for Bingley, that was it, man. You were committed for, like, the next hour or so. So I think that it can work on the on the other end. It can be very distracting for for the contractors in a, in a, in what seems to be a positive way, but it's not really a positive way if, if it's impacting the quality of their work or their time. So even friendly dogs, I think need to be managed in these situations so that it remains a happy relationship um, around everyone for everyone. Nathan, what would your preference be for how families would manage a dog or dogs before your staff come in? So as I said earlier, you know, I, our staff really loves dogs. We actually have two dogs that stay in our office pretty much 24-7. Um, it is, you know, just a comedic support and emotional support, all of the above. They're, they're good to have around. Um, but honestly, I, I think the best case for our guys who are going to be in there for a short amount of time um, is to secure the dog, put it in a, in a, a location that's not going to be somewhere where we're going to be working. Um, you brought up a good point, Julie, about, you know, that your, your dog was laying down in the shower. That happens with us as well uh, from time to time. The dog could be an overly friendly dog, a great dog, and and uh, and just it just kind of hampers the the production of our workers who are there, you know, to get your your system back up and running. 
Um, so if I had to have a preference, I would say that, you know, they have the dog secured before we get there. We're going to be there most of the time, hour, two hours at the most, a day or two. Um, you know, either take a trip over to grandma and grandpa's house or, or you know, be in another area. And is your preference that people who have ridiculous barking dogs ply you with toffee? <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's always a good uh, bonus. Either, you know, like brandy-filled toffees might be helpful, too. So, so yeah, so Nathan's funny. I make toffee at Christmas time, and when he transitioned to a management position where he wasn't coming to the house to do service for us anymore, I think there was a little bit of a grieving process, <laughs> wondering if he was still going to get toffee from me. I think the little bit of a grieving process is an understatement. It was a... It was a very, very bad event. <laughs> I bad depression I went through there for a minute. Yeah. I still give him toffee and he still hides it from his wife. Oh, that must be pretty good toffee. I know about that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope she doesn't listen to the Your Family Dog podcast. That's right. <laughs> um, so I would also say accidents happen, right? A piece of equipment falls over, somebody drops something. Somebody trips and falls. Somebody bangs into something and makes a big startling noise. Um, when service personnel are coming into your home, they're coming in to do a job. They don't enter like a typical guest, even long-term projects. They're not coming in and saying hello to the dog and pouring themselves a cup of coffee and sitting and chatting with you. They have more purpose to their movement. Often they're wearing uniforms or at least what ends up looking like a uniform to the dog, right? They're wearing work clothes. Um, and they may even, in the case of like Nathan's staff, they're going to smell like whatever's been in the last person's crawl space, their dogs, their cats, their household, um, maybe even chemicals they've, you know, utilized and handled. And so I think that's often far more off-putting to a dog. And it trips families a little bit because they expect their dog to treat Thomas the way the dog would treat the neighbor coming over or a friend coming over. And I'm not sure that it typically happens that way. What what, what would you guys say? Yeah, I, I would say that when we, when we're, especially on these long-term remodels, uh, Oftentimes, owners will say that their dogs act kind of completely differently because it's oftentimes a very new situation. I mean, it's not like we go through in, you know, puppy class training dogs to be around drills and you know, <laughs> maybe loud bangs and whatnot. But there's there's definitely a, a big adjustment period. And so I think you, you, you gals have said it before, but don't assume that your dog is going to act the same way as it would if a friend was coming over. It's that might be the case, and that's what we would all hope, but very likely your dog's going to show signs of stress, and um, if and you, they may exhibit behaviors that you've never seen before. I mean, we had one client recently, uh, and I don't even know, um, it was a, I think it was a King Charles, it was a King Charles, uh, and this was a very nervous little dog, and a day into demo, they said that, oh, everything's going to be fine. But a day into demo, they had him at the kennel. And then he came back a few days later. We're still working, occasionally making some loud noises, but we're just walking in and out of the house. He started to eat things that he had never eaten before. Socks were just 
disappearing. And he ended up he ended up at the vet, and they and they had to make sure that he didn't have a blockage. You know, and the entire time we, we'd already had the conversations up front. Hey, you know, know your dog, as it were. But also, what I would say is be be prepared to change things. So if if mm-hmm. in the middle of the conversation your dog is showing some different, if they're acting weird, it's probably because because of the renovation. It's not anybody's fault necessarily, but you need to be ready to adjust. I think that's very good advice. But what I was thinking too is is that not only are you entering and you're smelling different and you're looking different, but then what do you do? But you come in and you radically change their environment. So um, I'm sorry, there used to be a bathroom there and now there's a big wall of plastic and it smells funny and, and it's just, and there's these weird noises and you're right. I think it's, it's a great piece of advice to say, Hey, it's, it's kind of like going into battle. I mean, the battle plan is great until the first shot shots fired and then you have to sort of change your battle plan. And I think you need to think that way about your dog too. Um, and, and know that it won't be forever. But if you don't take care of the dog, when it's that highly stressed, the ramifications of that may be forever. Well, and for that, and for that service worker too. I mean, the reality yeah. is that some dog bites are devastating injuries that both physically and emotionally people don't recover from. And while we would hope that, the company that we're doing business with, like everything can be worked out in a friendly way. If they end up with a huge workman's comp claim or a disability claim, that has very real financial consequences for both that company, the employee and the homeowner. So um, guys, I'm curious, and we if you don't want to answer this, we can always edit it out. Do you report dog bites when they occur? If they're minor dog bites, if there's you know if there's not anything that's going to cause the the employee or the or the homeowner to have any issues, typically we don't say anything about it. But it, it, in the one case that we did have the one where they required stitches, um, we did we did say something about that. Yeah, and I uh, luckily we haven't had anything major, anything that we felt like we needed to to report um, internally. Uh, everybody's made aware um, right away. Um, anybody who's ever going to go to that job, subcontractors, we keep the communication very much open. Um, so, I mean, we had one client, this was a cat, granted, but it would just scratch you. No, no matter who it was, it would just it would scratch <laughs> it. Really? A cat, cat that I, scratched I, people? I couldn't believe it. No. So, stunned. Just stunned, we I tell you. All over the house, and we couldn't keep this cat contained. So, Anybody who came on site just wore jeans and boots and knew that they were going to get scratched by this cat. They, it would just claw at your boots or whatever, and, and you'd move on. Bizarre scenario, right? <laughs> but at the it's a it's it's the cat thing. But at the end of the day, um, I think that that you know it, it kind of it kind of points to just for for us. We just know you know like hey, this might be a difficult dog. It might be difficult you know clients. We're going to communicate that. Luckily, we haven't had anything bad that we felt the need to report. So, what about my rabid, demented ferrets or <laughs> my goats? So, actually, a question I do have is the neighbors' dogs. So, I got a call this week from someone that they're they're having a remodel done. They don't even have a dog, but they were having the problem that their contractor was starting to complain about coming to the job site. 
because the neighbor's dog kept coming over and biting the staff and actually (laughs) attacking the tires on the truck um, in one part of the situation. The neighbor's dog had gotten in the truck and was menacing the worker. And so the contractor was like, you can't, like, we can't do this. And she's calling the dog trainer. And I'm like, have you talked to your neighbor? Because I, well, I have superpowers, but not, not that. Like, you need to have a conversation with your neighbor. So it it's sometimes it's not even your dog, right? If I have a sketchy dog that lives next door, I'm going to warn the workers on my property that, yeah. you know, Captain Sketchy lives next door to help keep everybody safe. That's wild. Um, well, the thing is, nobody wants to, they probably wanted you to talk to the neighbor, Tina, because nobody wants to talk to their neighbors about things like that. Um, probably. I wanted to go back to the dog bite thing just really quick. One thing I do know about Ohio law, and that is if you have a dog bite that has to be treated by a physician or by an emergency room, they are required by law to report the dog. So anytime somebody has to have medical attention, it need, it will be reported and the dog will be reported to the um, um, animal control. So just know that, that, that um, that may happen. That's how most bites get reported. I remember when um, my daughter, Emma got a, a terrible dog bite from uh, a neighbor, a friend's dog in Michigan. And we thought we did everything to keep it clean, but we get arrived home and, and that night her finger was twice its normal size and we ended up in the emergency room and then they had us go to the doctor seven days in a row to to flush it out and keep it clean. And one of the first things the doctor, the pediatrician asked me very nonchalantly was, was this your dog or was this somebody else's dog? And I said, it was our aunt's dog. Oh, and where does she live? Said in Michigan, he's all right. I can't report it because it's a Michigan dog. But it was it was really interesting that they will want that information and they will want to know who and where and when. Well, and sometimes, uh, so I know a contractor locally who, if there's a dog bite, they lie. They lie. Oh, oh! I tripped and fell, and I landed on a nail. I'm like, you landed on two nails, like about in canine position, like really how many times? And and they had had a situation where a bite got reported by um, by the hospital to animal control. So right then that then their customer was livid because they reported the bite when they had no control over that. So they have a policy that they don't report it. And I will say honestly, dog trainers are the worst about not reporting bites. Um, and I do tell people when they have a dog who's aggressive or reactive, which actually are two different things, that when I come in, the dog needs to be secured and that I do report bites. Um, I will say for those of you who are out there who are service personnel and neighbors, I understand wanting to be neighborly. I really, really do. But the reality of dog bites is that they are serious. And sometimes having to report it does help a family get the help that they need and that the dog so richly deserves. It's not that these situations mean that, you know, there's some dog's death on your on your conscience. The vast majority of the time when those bites occur, those people get referred to qualified trainers who can help them, even if it's just learning how to manage the dog safely. 
Well, Thomas and, and Nathan, do you ever make suggestions to people if their dogs are routinely difficult or threatening to your workers that maybe they might want to consider getting a trainer? Or is that just too delicate a subject? It kind of depends on our end on, on the customer and what type of relationship we have with them. Um, because a lot of people are very passionate about their pets. And when somebody comes in and says, you know, your dog's not maybe acting up to par, it's always, you know, no, not my beautiful angel. Um, so sometimes it is, is kind of difficult to do that. Um, but in, in severe cases where the dog is, is just um, overly aggressive or, or, or overly friendly even, uh, you know, we have directed our guys to refer to a good dog trainer that I know um, that you guys may know as well. <laughs> so, yeah, I can see where that could be a really delicate situation. Um, but uh, it, uh, it's uh, when, when you're faced with without them. If, but if they're not listening either to the fact that, you know, this dog is is kind of, you know, threatening. Have you had a situation where you you've um, had an owner who was not compliant, who didn't want to help you with the dog? And in that case, have you ever had to walk off of a job because the dog was too much of a threat? Um, we've had, we've had situations where, you know, they have not been compliant with that. Um, to my knowledge, I don't think there's ever been a time we've had to walk off a job because of it. Um, probably several times we probably should have, um, but just didn't. Okay. Well, yeah. And I've never had, had any big issues walking off a job. I have walked off sales calls though. You know, if, if somebody, if somebody calls and, and this was more so, this wasn't with the Cleary company, this was. This was before um, when I was running my own company. But if I if I if I showed up and immediately I got swarmed with a bunch of dogs in the driveway that were nippy and I'd say, nope, I'm sorry, this is not going to be a good fit. Um, you know, I luckily I haven't had too much of that here in Columbus, Ohio, but uh, I I have I have had to deal with that before, but never, never on a project. Yeah. Well, good for you to have the forbearance to say um, this is not. You know, I think a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, I'm new and this isn't going well or whatever. But think, you know, good for you to have the forbearance to say, I, I recognize the situation that's untenable. Well, and to be fair to, to homeowners, too, right? Um, having a service provider who you maybe don't know coming into your home when you're home alone or with kids is a little scary, uh-huh. right? You're So often that is when homeowners want to have their dog with them, right? It, it helps them to feel more comfortable. So I think the more that service providers and families can work together to come up with a solution that keeps everybody safe and comfortable is completely a win. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would also say too, I remember one time Tina and I, you and I were talking and I was saying, I, I went to a client's house and she wanted me to see how the dog reacted two strangers. So the dog was not on a leash and rushed me at the door. And I was just standing there, just powered down and trying to toss three. She goes, Oh, he, he, you're fine. You're fine. He just, he only really goes after young males. And I'm like, I don't know that. (laughs) So what I would say to contractors is, is you told me, you'd say, um, I believe the dog always believe what the dog is saying, not necessarily what the owner is saying, because the dog is never going to lie to you. And the owner may not be necessarily lying. They may see things differently, but always trust that the dog is going to tell you the truth. Right. I, I often 
probably frustrate people <laughs> by saying, I believe the dog. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to ask, while I may ask an owner, like, hey, is it okay if I say hello to your dog? I'm also going to ask the dog's permission because a lot of dogs, their owners very invested in the dog being friendly and the dog is really profoundly uncomfortable with speed dating. So <laughs> they don't, they're like, could we just not, like, could we say hello from across the room? That'd be really great. Like I would joyfully accept some hot dog, but please don't touch me. Um, and I think giving dogs that agency is a really important part of cohabitating with this particular species. And and I will say, Thomas, I had a client, they're actually now friends of ours, um, but they had a cat who absolutely irrationally attacked me <laughs> and was stealing food out of my cooler every time I went. And I eventually got them in touch with a cat behavior person because this cat would actually attack the puppy who was in the crate. Like she would reach the crate to murderously attempt to attack him. So, so cats are a whole nother thing, right? I will say as the dog trainer, please do not let your iguana or state snakes turtle me. That's not kind. Not a big, huge fan of your pet tarantula. I had one of those put on my knee by a child in the middle of a consult once. <gasps> Turns out that just results in urine. <laughs> so, so to be fair, like dog trainers who are in people's homes get tripped up by some other pets sometimes. So, and we it, and we get tripped up by dogs too. sometimes too. I mean, like th somebody will tell me, well, you know, they'll they'll have one dog, and then they say, and then oh, and by the way, there's the, and they'll open a door, and, and out comes, you know who knows what the, the, the fire breathing dragon dressed as a dog, you know, it's like, Oh, you didn't tell me you had to, how sweet. So yeah. yeah. And you can set the expectations with clients too. So for example, I went on a sales call recently and the, um, the owners were great Dane rescuers. So they had probably a 1900 square foot home with at least 10 great Danes. Oh my <laughs> It was it was just a little much, and you know that's all right. You know but we get up we get upstairs and there's this master bathroom. It's probably a ten by five master bathroom, and there are ten Great Danes trying to fit in this bathroom. <laughs> and logistically, you know, so we got them in their crates, but she left one out, and this one had this very I don't know if you call it it wasn't a nasty habit. It was just a habit where with any males he would take his head. And he'd, he'd start at your butt, and he'd put his head through <laughs> your crotch, and he would just sit there. The entire time, he would just sit there, have his head right there. And so for me, that was – at the end of the day, I thought it was hilarious. So I sat in the bathroom listening to this client with her dog's head right there the entire time. you know. But we had that conversation of, hey, so – we can't have all the great days out when we're working here. <laughs> I can't Too many workers in job. that household paid uh, Julie good money to get that behavior. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, darn, you found me out. So, well, I, I think then the upshot of all this is is that um, most of the contractors who come, like I've had many contractors come to the house, and they all seem to to really love my dogs. Um, but 
I, I think that, that homeowners need to understand that your dog is not necessarily going to behave the same way towards a contractor as it is towards your, your neighbor coming over to have tea and cookies with you. So bear that in mind and that it's going to change the environment and that some, if it's a short term, your dog probably doesn't need to meet them. And the contractor, as much as he may love dogs, may not need to meet your dog either. And that it might be the best case scenario is that, you know, uh, love each other from afar. And uh, and then in the situation where somebody is going to be coming in on a fairly long-term basis, make sure you talk to them about what is and is not appropriate for you and for them and for the dog so that, and be willing to change that battle plan, but talk to each other. I think the biggest thing is, is so many of these incidences could be perhaps um, moderated if there's a bit better communication. But I think the thing is, is that most people need to understand is that most contractors understand the risks they're taking when they go into somebody's house. And the most of them are probably more than willing to meet your dog, um, and love dogs, but they don't necessarily have to. So um, thank you so much, Thomas and Nathan, for, for joining us today and giving us uh, sort of your perspective on all this. I think that it can be a real eye-opener for, for most homeowners. Tina, you got anything else you want to say to wrap up? Or, or Nathan or Thomas, do you have anything that, you, that we have not touched on that you really wish people knew? That would be something, too. Well, what I would say when you're looking for a remodeling partner um, – you might want to have to make this dog conversation something that you have when you're interviewing companies. Um, you know, Nathan said they have a very dog-friendly company. We do too. We have an office dog, Russell. Um, absolutely love him to death. Um, he's, he's our owner's dog, and he, he takes care of everybody around here. He is an emotional support animal, um, also for clients when they sign big contracts. Um, <laughs> Russell's but, right there. <laughs> uh, but, but it's actually kind of part of our business plan that – the people that we work best with are dog people. It, 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 when we look at who our clients are, they oftentimes are. And so we, 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 are, we are targeted, we are set up to work with dog people. So when you're looking for a remodeling partner, when you're looking for somebody to work with you, it's totally fair to ask that question up front. Hey, do you guys like dogs? Do you work with dogs? And get a satisfactory answer, not just a, oh, yeah, not a big deal. You know, for somebody who's going to be in your home forever, for a service, you know, a service technician that's only going to be there for an hour or two or a day, maybe not as important. But it, don't be afraid to ask that question up front. Hey, how do you guys deal with dogs? Because um, that, that might help you make the, the right decision with, for a remodeling partner. Good piece of advice, Thomas. Thank you. Nathan, you got anything you'd like to add? No, I think we pretty much t- covered everything, and, and I want to second what Thomas said. You know, when you're picking a contractor, um, it is always good to ask, you know, if you have a dog and you're worried about how it's going to happen, even if you're not worried about it, asking them, you know, what their plan is on, on working with the animal, uh, whether they bring that up first or you bring that up first, and it might be able to set you at ease and have a better plan working with your, your contractor one-on-one. Okay. And I I would say if you have a breed that people tend to have – concerns or emotional responses about asking the individual person coming in your door. Hey, you know, so my sweet dog that got smashed with the clipboard was a Doberman and he was a really sweet Doberman. He was super kind. He was a gentleman. Maybe that guy just had a problem with Doberman pinchers and had had a negative experience. Right. And, and for whatever reason decided not to tell me, um, but that's a breed that people tend to kind of stereotypically have a response to. And and by the way, the response can also be just too big, 
right? There were people who loved Doberman Pinschers and were a little over the top and would, you know, potentially be a little off-putting to a dog who is supposed to be a little tiny bit aloof. So, um, you know, someone who's way too enthusiastic about a dog is going to present with a different kind of uncomfortable situation. It's a different but, challenge. It's a, it's a, it's a different challenge. challenge. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, if I have someone who's afraid of pugs coming into my home. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a hard time pug. imagining that, but <laughs> pug, a pug phobia. I mean, uh, did anybody what, <laughs> Right. I don't know. Maybe it's a significant fear of snoring. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> He's definitely a tripping hazard. <laughs> so, so yeah, he is. He's like a, he's like a crazy furry potato. So, um, so just I try to ask. I put my dogs away, but but when I had dogs loose longer term when people were there, I, I always ask like, do you have any specific concerns about a specific dog? Is there anything you're uncomfortable with? Cause I, I want the people to be comfortable and able to just do their job, right? Like these people's jobs is not to be dog trainers or to be dog owners. They have a task that they're trying a service that they're providing for you. And they probably would like to do that in peace. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. And- Thank you. Yeah, and we'll see you all next time on Your Family Dog. Thanks for listening to Your Family Dog. Got questions? Interesting ideas? Visit www.yourfamilydogpodcast.com to share your thoughts. Thanks for listening to Your Family Dog. Please like us and subscribe to us on Facebook and other social media and wherever you get your podcasts is that will help others to find us. And five-star reviews are always welcome. Thanks.